0: Uh, we'll see how long I go here, but, you know, trusting in Jesus. It sounds such like, a, like a, such a simple word, doesn't it? Like, oh, trust, I know, I know. Um, but we need to be reminded a lot of things that the Word tells us. I mean, I know I do. There's times where I feel like I uh, know a bunch about what the God is telling me in His Word, and I read them like, oh, yeah. And then there's other times where I don't, Like I know as much, where it's like, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that scripture. I forgot that that was a promise that he has for me. And depending on what what your mood is or what your circumstances are, there can be a word in season that you completely forgot about. Right? There can be something that uh, you know, even even just to say, um, the Lord is my shield and my buckler. Okay, so that's that's a scripture in the Bible, and you might be going through something, and maybe you, you haven't heard that scripture for a long time, and it just kind of comes back to, you. well, that's the Holy Spirit, amen, inside of us, telling us things that we need to know in our times of need, in our times of, of, uh, of lack, in our times of help, right, when we need help, and so this is the, the word that the Lord gave me tonight, trust in Jesus, Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, there's there's a world out there, and we're a part of this world. We're not of the world, but we're a part of this world. But the Bible says in John 17, 16 that we're not of this world. Amen. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So, we're in the world. We have to deal with people in the world. We have to deal with like Pastor Dave was talking about the, the unholy trinity, right? Food, sex, money. We have to deal with things in the world, right? But we can do it as Christians. We can do it by putting our faith in Jesus. This, this verse in Romans twelve two, when it says don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, it means don't put your trust in the world. Okay, so we're in the world, and we're around worldly things, but don't conform to those things. Don't all of a sudden start putting your trust in riches. Don't all of a sudden start putting your trust in another person. But be transformed. Continue to read the word. And renew your mind in the word. So that you can trust in Jesus. And when we, when we hold on to Jesus. Amen. We're not going to conform to anything but the word of God. And that's what he wants us to conform to. So we renew our mind. That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God's will for you. Is to continually be transformed. Is to continually change through the Word. Because none of us are there, right? None of us have reached the top. Steve's close, but none of us have reached the top, right? And, uh, and so as we read the Word, we're continuing to be transformed. We're continuing to be renewed. I like the scripture, um, you know, about in the, in the Old Testament about your strength being renewed as the eagles. Right, right? We are renewed day by day through the Word, so basically, the world has nothing to offer us, right, so don't be conformed. The world doesn't have anything to offer, okay um, Many people trust in the world, things of the world every single day though, even though it has nothing to offer us, even though it can't fill the hole in our heart um, that that only can be filled by Jesus, a lot of times people and, and Christians even will try to get their happiness or trust in things other than the word. And so when we trust in things of the world, um, we are left empty, aren't we? When we trust in, in, in things of God, we're left full, we're left filled. The Bible says that he, he fills us that our cup runs over. Amen? And so when we put our trust in Jesus, our cup runs over. When we put our trust in the world, we have nothing in our cup, right? We stay, we stay low. Um and you can see it no matter if somebody has a lot of money if they don't have jesus their life is a wreck in most cases uh, you see documentaries and you see different things on people that had it all and then lost it all and are in despair but then you also see i've seen seen things where athletes maybe have a bunch of money but they love jesus amen and they would tell you even if they had no money, they would be content because Jesus is in their life. I think of Tim Tebow. You know, he, has, he has a bunch of money, doesn't he? He's made a lot of money off of commercials, off of playing in the NFL, played for the, for in, the, uh, in baseball for a little while, uh, sportscaster, different things like that. But I'm sure he would tell you that if he didn't have any of that, just because he has Jesus, he's secure. Amen. He's safe. If we trust in the world, we're always going to be disappointed because nothing in the world can satisfy. Nothing in the world can satisfy. So I want to talk about... So let's go to Psalm 23. Okay. So I want to talk about Jesus as our shepherd. And the Bible says, in the Amplified Version, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I talked about this actually in Sunday school this morning a little bit. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me I shall not want. He lets me lie down and feed pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. I'll go to verse 3. He refreshes and restores my soul, my life. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the, through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. And so... I want to look at the rod and the staff here, okay? So, he's our shepherd, he feeds us, he guides us, he protects us, amen? And in verse 4, it says that we don't fear evil for he's with us because his rod protects us and his staff guides us and they comfort and console us. So, you know, a lot of people think that God has this rod and this staff to kind of knock us over the head when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. I think that's a, that's a pretty accurate picture of what the world sees christianity right pastor Day was talking about it this morning about people being judgmental towards this sin but kind of letting this sin slide and so people might see a christian as judgmental ready to tell you when you're when you've done something wrong and they, a lot of people see jesus that way even christians see jesus that way right where uh, i better if i screw up and then something happens to me that's adverse towards me that's just God dealing with me. If I sin and and then I uh, I break my leg, well, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? I know I I know I messed up. You know, thanks for correcting me. But that's not true, is it? That's not true, is it? He comforts us with his rod and his staff. A lot of Christians think that again that they have this rod. And maybe there's a lightning bolt attached to it. He's out there clubbing us and shocking us and doing different things. And people think that we have no control over our lives because God's controlling us with this spiritual staff, right? That God, when we get out of line, that he's, he's doing something to us that's adverse against us to get us back on this track. And the dangerous part of thinking that, one, is just not true... But two, it makes it hard for people to trust God. If they always think that he's against them, or maybe they think that he's for them, but he deals with us in, with us in these harsh ways, that's not a, it's not a God that's easy to trust, is it? Because if, if, if I thought all these adverse things were happening, I got in a, a car accident or whatever, and I think, wow, it must have been because I did this last Tuesday, and God is, is showing me, that that was wrong then it's gonna be hard for me to trust him. i don't want to trust a god like that but praise the lord that's not what he does amen the truth is that we actually rely on the rod and the staff the spiritual rod and the spiritual staff that he uses the intention of the rod and the staff in shepherding was actually to protect the sheep and to guide the sheep so malachi 3 says i will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the lord of hosts so the rod was this short heavy club-like device used to fight off animals and uh different things that would attack or harm the flock so that was that was one of the main purposes of the rod okay and the bible says he rebukes the devourer and as a shepherd Would rebuke, you know, and 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 get away things that would try to harm the sheep. And hello, we're the sheep. Amen. You you you've heard over the last two years this negative connotation being a sheep, being a follower, whatever it is. But spiritually, we're sheep. Amen. We don't we can't we don't know what to do without the shepherd's help, without the Lord's help. So spiritually, we're sheep, and He's our shepherd. He's our good shepherd. The rod was also used to count the sheep. Just as God knows every hair on our head, the shepherd knew his herd and everything about them. And when I say you know some you know hundred sheep, two hundred sheep, five hundred sheep, <clears throat> I'm going to read something that somebody wrote here. But when I say a shepherd knew their sheep, they knew every single one of their sheep in the physical realm. Just as a regular shepherd, they knew they they had names for all the sheep. The Bible says Jesus calls us by name. Hallelujah. And the last use for the rod was to guide them into the sheepfold by prodding them. And just like in Christianity, a willing sheep responds to the prodding. So if we're seeking God, if we're trying to be better um, as a Christian and and live for him, as soon as the Holy Spirit starts to tell us something, we're going to say, ooh, yeah, you're right. and I'm going to go along with what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. Okay? Now, this prodding... Uh, so a willing sheep responds, but a stubborn sheep does not. How many know a stubborn sheep? Maybe you are a stubborn sheep. Sometimes I can be a stubborn sheep, I feel like. But this wasn't a violent act. He wasn't, you know, they don't take the club and start beating the sheep over to the sheepfold. No. They're prodding, they're trying to gently move it so they can start walking in the right path, in the right direction. We'd call it, uh, a conviction, right? So when the Holy Spirit is talking to us and dealing with us about things and we're reading the word, maybe there's something that we feel convicted about. And I know a lot of people don't like that word, but when we know we're not going the right way, the Holy Spirit will gently tell us that. So John 16:7 uses the word convict, convict, says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. for I, if, I do, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. So the Helper is the Holy Spirit. I mean, the helper is the Holy Spirit, the one that lives on the inside of us, that constantly wants to speak to us and guide us into truth. And the Bible says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then it, it lists all three and it shows uh, the reason for each. So, of sin because they do not believe in me. So, he convicts people of their sin so that they can get on the righteous path towards him amen the the world who doesn't maybe believe in him they're in sin okay the holy spirit comes and says this isn't right you need me you need jesus verse 10 "Of, of righteousness because i go to my father and you see me no more so for christians we're convicted of our righteousness okay again you know i always think about the old testament and it's the testament of the do nots you shall not do this you shall not do that The New Testament is the shalls, right? You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay? So, righteousness, when he convicts us of our righteousness, he'll tell us, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is how uh, Jesus lived. This is how I want you to live. Amen? So, he wants us to be righteous. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Okay? So, there's there's a ruler of the world and his name is Satan and his name is he's the devil right he's the accuser of the brethren and there will be a judgment at some point okay there will be a judgment for Satan um, for all the demons for uh, for those who don't know him there's also a judgment for those who do know him amen and he'll go through and he'll look and he'll say okay is Carolyn, is she Lamb's book of life, is she in there? Oh, Carolyn's in there. She can come through, amen. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. So this conviction isn't a bad thing. Uh, It's like if, um, you know, say if if Ryan, okay, Ryan loves, uh, Ryan loves sweets, okay? He loves cookies. And if Ryan had 10 cookies in the morning and, and he wanted more, and I and I didn't say anything. I just let out more. Would that be healthy for Ryan? No. Now, sometimes he sneaks into some anyways. But if he has 10 cookies, and I'm like, wait a minute, you've had 10 cookies? No, you need to stop. You can't have any more cookies today. Right? What am I doing? Well, I'm trying to guide him into the right way. I'm trying to guide him so that he may be healthier. Not that I always do a great job of that. Sometimes I'm the one that has 10 cookies. And my kids have to say, Dad, slow down. But, right, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us. He wants us to live a good life. He wants us to be healthy spiritually. Amen? And so, that's what the rod's for, to guide. Now, the staff was a little, was longer. It was thinner. It had a hook on an end. You've, you've all seen the the staff and pictures and different things like that. It's long and has a hook. And, uh, and when the strong-willed sheep Again, none of us here, but when the strong-willed sheep wouldn't respond to being prodded, um, the hook in the staff was used to gently but firmly pull the sheep back to the fold to keep the sheep from move to keep the sheep moving in the right direction. So if they weren't if they weren't responding to the prodding, then a little more forceful, right? Take the hook and just not yank the sheep back to the to the fold, but move the sheep so it can be back into the sheepfold the hook was also used to pull the sheep from any harm Um, we may think that wow you know the hook around her neck that seems really violent but remember okay if we look at psalm 23 4 again the rod and the staff are actually tools to comfort us amen he doesn't have any bad plans for you he doesn't want you to come to any harm he wants good things for us they're to make us feel safe not scared Amen. And some of that really depends on our attitude towards our shepherd, right? We talk, just talked about those that we responded to the prodding and those that maybe were strong willed or stubborn. Um, you know, if we have an attitude of, Lord, change me. I want to go your way all the time. Uh, I don't want to do what I want to do, but I know I need to change, and the Holy Spirit tries to correct us, then we're gonna, it's going to be a lot easier for us to go that way. But if we think we know everything in a certain situation, and, and if we if we think we know everything in an area, and the Lord's trying to help correct us and teach us things, um, but we say no, I already I already know this, it's gonna be harder for us to hear the voice of the Lord. It's gonna be harder for us to to respond to correction. And the more somebody doesn't respond to correction, the more the Lord's just gonna say, okay, you know, just like this. This morning, when when those in the world, the Bible says God gave them up to their desires, right? He gave them up to those things that they wanted to go after, things of the flesh. He'll do the same thing for us, right? We could, you know, I, there's there's people that that years ago I had very much respect for, and I, I listened to a message and I thought, wow, this is really good and it's scriptural. And sometimes I hear hear the same people. And they'll speak now and thinking, who is this person? This doesn't go along with anything that the word would say. Why? Because sometimes, again, the devil will make us think, well, you know this, right? Just like he did with Eve. He said, No, it's not gonna, you're not gonna die if you eat the fruit of the tree. You know, you're gonna live, you're gonna be like God. You're gonna know the good difference between good and evil, right? And so took took the fruit of the tree and Wanted to elevate herself. Adam, same thing. Wanted to elevate himself. Okay. So, when we get to a point where, where maybe we have a lot of revelation, we have a lot of knowledge, that's when the devil wants to come. Remember when Paul, when he had all this revelation from the Lord, and the Bible says that, that a messenger of Satan came to buffet him. Why? Because he had all this revelation. And the devil doesn't want that. The devil wants us to think we know everything... But then go away from what God really wants us to do. Okay. So if we listen to correction, we're going to be safe. We're going to be comforted. If we get mad at God every time we're corrected or convicted, we're probably not going to see it as conviction. We're probably going to see it as, well, God's bad at me. God's God's unfair. He's not He's not He doesn't have my best concerns in mind. Or anything like that. So, a stubborn sheep getting back to a sheep, stubborn sheep puts his head down because he produces more power with his head pointed downwards. Okay? So, that's one thing a sheep does know. If they don't want to do something, they're going to put their head down because they can garner more power with their head pointed down. So, a shepherd would reach the staff towards the animal. This is another thing for the hook. Reach the staff towards the animal's head, hook the crooked end around the neck, and pull the chin up. It makes them more docile, it makes them easier to work with. And then move the animal back to the Lord. And I think about how the Lord guides us by lifting our heads. He guides us through encouragement, not despair. He doesn't beat us down, but he lifts us up. Amen. Amen. Psalm 3.3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. He lifts up our head. Amen. He's a shield. The other thing is, if I have my head down and I'm walking... I can't see where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at where I'm going, right? I can run into trouble. You see that people are on their phone, they're walking on their phones and they run into a wall. Because so they're not paying attention, right? But when our head's up and we're looking straight, we can see. We're not going to get into trouble. The other thing that happens when we lift our head, we quit focusing on our problems and we focus on the answer, who's Jesus, amen? So when we look down, look at ourselves, look at our problems look at our mistakes, look at our past, which is what the devil wants us to do, we're going to be in some trouble. But if we look up and we look forward and we look towards what God wants us wants for our life, we're going to be going in the straight path. Amen? And there's only one thing that I can think of that fits the description of both the rod and the staff, and that's the Word of God. And so when you think of correction and uh, correction, guidance and correction... And you think of how God deals with us. The Bible says that that uh, you have been cleansed through the word. Talk, Jesus talking to his disciples. You've already been cleansed through the word. Um, when you think about how God deals with us and relates to us, it's through his word, isn't it? When we read his word, he shows us things in our life. It's not these physical circumstances that he puts on us, anything like that. Again, the Old Testament, a lot of the Old Testament sacrifices and things, how people were dealt with was external. Okay, because that was, that was what the law was. But this new law of grace is internal. Okay, so God looks at our heart. He looks at, um, you know, our, our, he looks at our mind. That's why the Bible talks about renewing our mind. You know that there were sacrifices in the Old Testament that you didn't even have to be sorry for what you did. It was just like, oh, this sacrifice will cover that sin or whatever you did. But in the New Testament, we're kind of headed to a higher standard. Right, Because our heart, you know, the Bible says even if we, if we lust after a woman with our heart, we've committed adultery. If we've thought uh, evil thoughts towards our brother, we've committed murder. Right. So, our heart is important. Okay? And so, when Jesus deals with us, he deals with us through the heart. Not these external things, not these external uh, circumstances. And so, his word guides, prods, and keeps us from harm. Real quick, Psalm 119, 105. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So, so the the word guides us, amen, and he guides us in the right direction. His word prods, 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. Pastor Dave talked about this this morning. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Again, Everything that God does for your life, he's, he's lifting you up. He's encouraging you. He's wanting to go forward. And then he keeps us from harm. Proverbs eighteen ten says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And we know the name of the Lord is Jesus, who is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So, so the Word of the Lord, just like the name of the Lord, is a strong tower. There's safety in the Bible. So, you know, I've been out to the Pacific Ocean before when I was younger and uh, it's fun I love playing in the ocean and different things but if I got distracted and I wasn't really aware of where I was in the water I slowly started drifting out I, who's ever been to the ocean maybe experienced that yeah and, and if you're not really paying attention it's easy to, to continue the waves kind of bring you out bring you out and I was having a lot of fun I remember looking back towards the shore and it's a lot farther away than I thought it was so I'm I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna get drifted!" So I started swimming as hard as I could, and I finally got back to shore. But it was kind of scary. When we're when we're not in the Word and we're away from the Word, it's scary. Life can be scary. The world is not a light place. The world's a dark place. So when we when we put our trust in the Word of God, and like Pastor Dave was talking about just over the last three or four weeks, um, when we put our trust in his word and we don't put our trust in opinions we don't put our trust in what we want to what we want to think but but we go to the word and say lord what does your word say about it there's safety in that there's security there's peace the devil wants us to be scared of things um, that are happening in these last days he doesn't want us to feel comfortable he wants us to feel uneasy not that everything always is going to be uh, great in our life. But, again, as long as we stay with the word, we know that there's security in that. There's safety in that. Amen. And, you know, really, again, I talked about it just a little bit ago. It's all about our attitude. How, what's our attitude like in these last days? Is our attitude, Lord, I just want you. I just want to preach your word. I just want to hold on to you. Or their attitude, well, I don't need that. I'm going to go over here. I don't want the simplicity of the, of the gospel. I want to do this stuff over here. Okay? I want to be in safety. And God isn't just a shepherd, but the Bible calls him a good shepherd. Amen? It calls him a good shepherd. One thing about sheep is if they don't have a shepherd, they're lost. So if we don't rely on Jesus, then that's when we get out and we get lost, amen. Matthew 9.36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There's confusion. There's helplessness. Well, I don't know what to do. There's this kind of this poor me attitude, like everything's happening to me, woe is me type of an attitude. But when we put our, head, our mind on Jesus, amen, we're strong, we're courageous, we can overcome, Amen. All right, so I found an article on how an actual shepherd describes what a good shepherd should be. And, uh, and this is from somebody who was actually a shepherd. But uh, it said, a good shepherd knows each of his or her sheep by their name and their habit. I watch mine closely for a while every morning, counting them, looking for any signs of illness, injury, or distress. If there's a problem or a sheep or lamb missing, I know right away and check it out. But the best thing is prevention. So I, and I love that. If there's, if there's any lamb missing or sheep missing, it's like, wait, wait where's, where's, uh, where's Roger? I don't see him. He knows right away. The best thing is prevention. So I frequently check all my fencing to ensure no predators can get in. It's good to know each kind of predator's habits and way of thinking. So a good shepherd knows the enemy. And who knows the enemy better than, than Jesus? Dogs dig under the fencing. Coyotes prefer to jump or climb over it. Bobcats and cougars like to jump over it. Of course, any of them will try to get through a large enough opening. So I make sure there's no erosion under the fencing. The posts are sturdy. Fencing is tight. Razor wires on the top is secure. It's not bent down. And I check to ensure nothing is close, uh, close to my fencing on the outside that a predator could use as a higher jumping point. Um, like a branch hanging over at a shed roof, boulder, large fallen tree limb, uh, limb too close to it, etc. So, I don't know, this sounds like a pretty good shepherd. One who kind of covers all of our bases, right? That's who Jesus is for us. He's always, he, so when he, again, when he convicts us, he's checking us. Okay? When we when we check our own heart, it's like, change, it's like changing oil on a car. Every once in a while, you have to go and you got to get, get that oil, oil changed. Or else what's going to happen? The car's going to break down. So if we don't check ourselves and we don't check our heart and our motives and different things as we even as we preach the gospel, even as we witness to somebody, even as we build relationships, um, we're like a car. We're gonna eventually we're gonna break down because just like a car does, we need maintenance. We need heart maintenance. Amen. We need a self check sometimes. So pretty good shepherd. She's caring, gentle, thorough, attends the need of the sheep. She knows every one of the sheep, every single one. It might be a hundred sheep, it might be two hundred sheep, it might be five hundred sheep. Uh, and she can tell, like, ooh, Billy's not feeling very good, I can tell. I better go and check on him, right? The Lord knows our needs better than we know our needs. <laughs> Just like that sheep might not exactly understand, spiritually, the Lord knows our needs. He knows what we're going through. The Bible said he's been tempted in every way possible that we that we were tempted in. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our flaws, and that's why the Bible says that we can go to him, to the throne of grace, and help him in any time of need. Anything you need, you can go to him. There's nothing too small that God doesn't care about your life, and He cares about you individually. So you know, a, a shepherd might have 500 sheep in a flock. They don't just care about. Um, just the five hundred sheep as a whole. No. The Bible says if one leaves and ninety nine stay, the shepherd's gonna go after the one. Jesus is gonna go after the one because he cares about everybody individually. And that's how we know we can trust him. Is because he's gonna put time into you, he's gonna put effort into you and we just need to do it ourselves. Any relationship has two people, right? There needs to be work on both sides. And so we we trust the Lord for everything. And He just wants us to give Him our heart. He just wants us to rely on Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He's our rock. He's our solid ground. He's our fortress. Amen? We find protection with God. We find protection in the word. He's my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I love feeling safe. I love being safe. Our job in life is to rely rely on Jesus and, and make him our rock in every situation. In everything that we face, he can be our rock. Use the word to help you in life. Are you tired? Are there circumstances in life that are maybe getting you down or dragging you down a little bit? Matthew 11:28 28 says, Come to me all you are he- uh, labor and heavy laden. If you have a burden, if you have something going on that you're not sure what to do, come to Jesus and I'll give you rest. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen? His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's not, you know, he's not um, you know, having us plow through life and when we make a mistake, using the whip to crack down on us. No. No, not at all. What is he doing? He's, he's walking through life with us. And he says, hey, when you need help, let me know. I'm here for you. The Bible says we draw near to him, he draws near to us. But we draw near first. Because, again, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to make us do anything that we don't want to do. But if we, if we rely on him and we say, Lord, I just want you, he's going to draw near to you and he's going to say, okay, take my hand. We're going to go through this together. Maybe life's brought you disappoint, th- disappointment. That's why we can't trust in life. We can't trust in the world. We need to put our trust in Jesus. Because life is going to disappoint you. People, no matter how close they are, are going to disappoint you. But Jesus will never disappoint. Pastor Kevin would say, I want to put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the waters. Amen. Walk with him. Let, him. let him walk with you through this life. Let him encourage you like he did for David when his men wanted to stone him. Uh, when the enemy came and, and took away their uh, wives and their children and burned everything in their, in their towns. Let Him sustain you. Let Him encourage you. Isaiah 57.15 says, For thus says the, the High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with Him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. He wants to revive you. And He wants to encourage you. He wants to take you from here to here. Again, we just declared before the message that we are above only and not beneath, for the head and not the tail. I mean that's that's what he has for you. He has you as an above only person, not beneath. He has you as the head, as the leader, not the tail, not the one following what the world wants to do, but leading people for Jesus. And the last thing I just want to say before I close is um, we talked about it a little bit, but just a, just that there's safety in trusting in the Lord. I can't stress enough the safety. In being in the word. The safety in trusting in him. And there's no safety in the world. The world's going to chew you up and it's going to spit you out. Right? The old saying, it's a dog-eat-dog world. The world doesn't care about us. The world doesn't care about anybody. The world only cares about themselves. Right? Why? Because the devil is the god of this world and the devil only cares about himself. Okay? So, when we put our trust in Jesus, Amen? The Bible says we're actually going to be blessed. Last scripture, Jeremiah seventeen seven, just says, "Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord." And and this word blessed, I'm gonna um, in in during the, in the beatitudes. There's a, the amplified really uh, expounds on what blessed actually means, and I'm just gonna read it quick here. So blessed can mean happy, to be envied, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, satisfaction, God's favor and salvation, regardless of your outward condition. Um, Another one is happiness produced by the experience of God's favor, and especially conditioned by the revelation of His matchless grace. Blessed can also mean happy, um, blithesome, joyous, spiritually prosperous, with life, joy and satisfaction, in God's favor and salvation regardless of your outward condition. Amen. It means fortunate. Um, again, spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys His favor and salvation. So this is what this word blessed means. Wow. Praise the Lord. We're going to be spiritually prosperous when we put our trust in Jesus. We're going to be happy when we put our trust in Jesus. We're going to be joyous. We're going to be... Uh, people are going to be... It says jealous of us, right? Like, what is going on with this person? All these good things that happening. The Bible says that God's favor, blessing means God's favor on our life. Hallelujah. And those are all things, you know, when you just think of like, well, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed. Those are all things that happened with salvation. When we entered in to this uh, covenant with the Lord, when we got saved, he said, all these things are yours now. This favor, this blessing. This, uh, this happiness, this joy. All these things are yours. Just take it. Okay? And when we trust in the Lord, we're saying, Lord, I'm going to receive everything that you have for me. I'm going to receive favor from, in my job. I'm going to receive favor with people. I'm going to receive favor in my school. Amen? And good things happen when we trust in God. Good things happen when we, we let ourselves step back and let God step into our life. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that we can put our total trust in you. Lord, help us to continue to do that. Help us to put our trust in you, Lord, that we're not trusting in other things. We're not trusting in riches. We're not trusting in things of the world, but we're trusting in things of the Lord. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you do, Lord. As we, Even as we approach Palm Sunday, as we approach Resurrection Sunday, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Um, there are no words to describe how amazing it was that you went to the cross, that you died on the cross for our sins, that you rose from the dead, so that we could be in eternity with you. Oh, we just, we love you so much, Lord, I pray and I just declare a blessing on everybody. All those things that blessing mean, Lord, I declare that on everybody today as they go through their week, as the rest of their month, their year. Lord, that you are just doing great things. You're doing great things in our life. We just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional informational resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holy